Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. So grab your Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. All over the country today, pastors are preaching from Luke chapter 2. I am one of them today. So Luke 2, we're going to read verses 8 through 14. The New Living Translation says this, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You'll find a baby wrapped in strips, snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of other angels, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Let's pray. Father, we just, uh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the best news ever that was shared by the angel that night. And God, I thank you that we get a chance to participate in a very personal way. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand what it is that you are saying to us today. May we hear it. May we receive it, understand it, and apply it in our lives, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So angels, angels are often part of our celebrations. Many of you uh, have a, a Christmas tree in your home, and sitting atop your Christmas tree is a beautiful angel. Right? So, or maybe on your tabletops, on your uh, coffee table, you've got angels, usually three of them, sitting, uh, standing close together with their mouths open, singing praises to the newborn king. The classic movie, Valerie's favorite movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Not at all. She can't stand the movie. Uh, I don't think she ever actually made it through. But it's a classic, It's a Wonderful Life, prominently features an angel. And at the very end of the movie, this little kid proclaims, every time a bell rings, right? The most annoying little voice you've ever heard says, every time a bell rings, an angel what? Gets his wings. So good. Complete heresy. Total theological hogwash. But it's pretty stinking heartwarming and entertaining. Okay? Now, angels do play a huge role in the real Christmas story that we find in the scriptures as well. It was an angel who told Zechariah about the coming of John the Baptist. It was the angel Gabriel who told Mary that she was carrying the Christ child. And the passage that we just read 
It was, it was an angel, really a host of angels, joined the one who appeared to the shepherds in Bethlehem or just outside Bethlehem to declare that Jesus had been born and invite them to go and find him. And, and all throughout the Christmas account, and as a matter of fact, all throughout Scripture in its entirety, the angels have carried the message of God from heaven down to the inhabitants of earth, clearly communicating with them what God wanted them to know or what God wanted them to do. Angels. Now, last week we started a series called Do You Hear What I Hear? We're exploring answers to the question that all of us have had at one point or other, and that is how can I hear from God for myself? How does God speak and how do I know what he's saying to me? So we're exploring that question and we're using the Christmas accounts in the books of of Matthew and Luke and we're seeing how God spoke then and we're uh, learning from that so we can understand how he speaks now. You might be saying, John, but that was the most important event in human history. Of course God's going to pull out all the communication stops so that nobody misunderstands what it is he wants them to do or where he wants them to go. He wants to make sure that his message and his will gets carried out correctly. Well, we determined last week God still has a plan that's unfolding for all of humanity. He still has a will. He still still wants his people to know what his will and his plan and his message is. So there's no reason to believe that God would not speak to us as clearly as he speaks to everybody else. Amen? Do you believe that God still speaks? All right, so we have to, if so if there's a communication gap, the problem is not that God's not speaking. The problem is that sometimes we're not hearing the way we need to hear. So we need to figure out how he speaks so we can know it when we hear his voice. So it makes sense that he's going to use all of the means available to communicate with us, right? So last week we saw that from the, from the Christmas accounts that God used dreams and visions And so we talked about how God uses dreams and visions to uh, communicate his will and his direction to us. Today's message is called Angels We Have Heard. Angels We Have Heard. Guess what we're going to talk about? Y'all are so sharp and so early in the morning. Good for you. So we're going to see how God used angels and uses angels to communicate with us even in the 21st century. So let's dive in. There are three things that we need to understand about hearing from God through angels. And here's the first one, is that we've seen angels. We've seen angels. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 2, it says this, Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without even realizing it. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers because some people have, who've done this have entertained angels without even realizing it. Now, this verse is at the end. It's the last chapter of the book of Hebrews. And in this section, the writer of the book is just giving them some closing thoughts, some wisdom from a spiritual elder. He says in the verses previous, he's, in the verse previous, he says, keep loving each other. He says in the verses after that, remember those who are in prison for their faith. Uh, honor marriage. Don't love money. Nuggets of spiritual wisdom that, that help to keep people grounded in their newfound faith. And right in the middle of those things, he says, hey, be, don't forget to be kind to strangers because sometimes those strangers are not uh, humans 
their angels. I, I love how casually that just seems to sort of roll off his tongue. Hey, sometimes angels walk around and they're beside us and we don't even recognize it. What a wonderfully horrifying thought, right? That we could, we could have angels around us and not even know it. And particularly, it seems that the angels to whom he's referring are people that might be the ones that we find easy to overlook, right? The strangers, the outcasts, the, the, the poor, the ones who stand at intersections on the side of the road and hold signs, the ones who uh, try to ask us for directions, the ones who try to strike up a conversation at TJ Maxx when you're trying to check out, the ones we always assume are creepers or weirdos, right? Or at least an inconvenient delay in our oh-so-busy lives. So please hear me. Some people are creepers and weirdos, okay? They do exist. I thought I'd get an enthusiastic amen to that. There are real-life creepers and weirdos, so I'm not suggesting that you bring everybody home with you. I'm not suggesting that you pick everybody up and take them wherever they want to go when you're by yourself. I'm simply saying, in a world where we are desperate to hear the voice of God, I'm afraid we might be ignoring his voice because it comes in a package that we've been conditioned to ignore. We think we, think we know how God's going to show up. We think we know how he's going to speak. We think we'd be spiritually attuned enough to know when it's God. But listen to me. God was born in the flesh 2,000 years ago, and it was so unconventional and so unexpected that even the experts in the day missed it completely. God has a way of sending his most important messages in the most unlikely of vessels. And we have to pay attention. Angels. Angels. I've heard stories. I'm sure you've heard stories. Maybe you have stories yourself about people who took a chance on a stranger. And in the course of the conversation with that stranger, they realize that this person knows things that they could not have known, that they are sharing things that they could not have heard from anyone else but the Lord. I've heard people who say they were talking with a person and in the midst of their conversation, this person drops the equivalent of a spiritual atomic bomb in their conversation. And when they turn to confirm that they heard what they thought they heard, the person was gone, right? Even if there's no disappearing act, though, even if there's no Hollywood-style revelation of their true angelic identities, I've heard people say over and over about these encounters that, listen, when we finished talking and that person was gone, I just had this sense that I'd been with God. I just had this sense that something spiritually significant had just happened in my life. And so here's the reality. I can't tell you what an angel is going to look like. I can't tell you what to look for. They're not wearing name tags that say angels on assignment. That'd be way too easy. There's no glowing halo. There's no crystal, like crystal clear eyes that sparkle when they speak. None of the stuff that you see in Hollywood. It, it's just the message of God wrapped up in a common, 
ordinary package. Sometimes angels show up in all of their glory and splendor and scare the living daylights out of people like they did the shepherds. Sometimes we entertain angels and don't even know it. We have seen angels, whether we've recognized them or not. So that's the first thing. We've seen angels. Here's the second thing we need to know. We need angels. We need angels. You're like, John, you have completely lost your mind now. What in the world? Well, let me explain this. I don't know if you've noticed this, but life is, is difficult. Life's hard. No amens on that. Y'all got it on easy street. Is that what I'm hearing? It, it, life's hard. Life's confusing. Life is complicated. There is spiritual warfare swirling around us all the time. There are purposes of God that are far greater than our minds can even comprehend that are being carried out through us and around us all the time. And we need help. So I want you to look at, at, uh, at Matthew chapter 4 and verse 11. Matthew 4 and 11. Then the devil went away. Lord, can we like speak that over our lives? I'd like that for like 30 minutes. Then the devil went away and angels came and took care of of Jesus. Angels came took care of Jesus. Jesus had at this in this passage had just spent 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness fasting and praying and worshiping and communing with God and, and fighting with the fighting the temptation of the devil to turn his back on his identity in Christ. So once that was over, uh, God sent angels to minister to him and to help him. And can I tell you, we need the same thing. We need the same thing. When we spend time in intense warfare, we, we spend time in, in the battle, our bodies, our minds, our spirits are depleted, and we need angels to minister to us. Now, the, the rest of your understanding of this message, I think, hinges on, 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 this, on this thing right here. I, I want you to understand this. The word that's translated angel in the New Testament, means messenger. Messenger. Angels are messengers of God, right? Now, clearly, there are literal spiritual beings, armies of heaven, it says, that are in, at God's disposal at any moment to carry his message or to fulfill his purpose in any situation. So angels are real, right? They're real. Don't ever doubt that. But there are also times when the word is, that's translated as angel in many other places is also translated uh, to mean messenger, as in an earthly messenger. Some, in one particular place, it actually says angel, but from the, from the context and from the definition, it clearly is referring to a human. Revelations 2 and 3, uh, in, in the letters to the churches, the seven letters that Jesus wrote to the churches of that day, are addressed to the angel of the church. Well, clearly, he's talking to the person who gives the messages to the church. And it's not, it's not a, an angel robed in white. It's a pastor. So pretty much all the experts agree that that reference to angels in that moment refers to not a spiritual messenger, but a human messenger. James chapter 2 refers to the men who came and were hidden by the, by the prostitute Rahab in the city of Jericho. He calls them messengers, but it's the same word. 
In Matthew's gospel, Jesus refers to John the Baptist as a person who, who brings a message from God, a messenger, a voice from the wilderness, and that word is the same word that's translated angel. Okay, All of those are the same words. So sometimes the angel that God sends is a literal, robed in white, glowing with heavenly light, honest-to-goodness angel. And sometimes God sends that same angel in disguise. And sometimes the message of God comes through a messenger that is altogether human, like a pastor. But hear me, the vessel may be human, the message is still divine. And that's a tension that is difficult to manage for us, isn't it? I, this has not been the greatest week of my life. It's been a tough week. We all have tough weeks. And I've, I've come face to face with my faults and my flaws and my failures as, as a man, as a father, like epic dad fails this week. Uh, failures as a pastor in situation after situation, the common denominator seem to continue to come up is that you're blowing it, dude. You're not enough. You're, you're, you're dropping the ball. And we all go through that from time. We all have weeks like that. And somebody after the first service said, dude, I've had like months like that, right? We, that's just the way it is. The, I'm not unique in that. The difference is, despite those weeks at 9 and 11 on Sunday mornings, after a week of staring at my failures, I have to stand in this pulpit and declare the eternal tr and unfailing truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And listen to me. No one is more aware of how ridiculous that concept is than this guy right here. No one bears the weight, understands the weight of the responsibility more than I do. And, and more than once I have questioned, why in the world is this the calling? Why is this the expectation? But God chooses the weak things of the world to confound the strong and the powerful. He chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And I know many of you came to church this morning or joined us online or listening on the podcast or on the YouTube channel and you came looking for a word from God this morning, but all you found was me. There should probably be a disclaimer on all of our episodes. Please listen to me this morning. Please don't confuse the message with the messenger. The gospel of Jesus Christ is still true even if I haven't figured out exactly how to apply it in every area of my life every time. Just because I'm imperfect doesn't mean that the message isn't perfect. We need angels. We need messengers from God even if they aren't winged and wonderful. So, pastor, does that not mean, does that mean that pastors just, you shouldn't worry about the life of the messenger? Like, it just doesn't matter. There no, should be no accountability for, for a pastor. Of course not. Pastors, ministers, teachers, everyone involved in spiritual ministry have to be held accountable. <clears throat> Our lives have to be held to a higher standard. But if, if we hold humans to a standard of perfection, we're going to be disappointed eventually. And the problem is that eventually, we disqualify all of the messengers from whom we can hear God's voice. 
there's a problem on the other side of that equation as well. Sometimes we can get so caught up in the messenger that we don't even consider the integrity of the message. Sometimes we get so desperate to hear a message from God that we don't even verify the truth of the message and we fall into deception. So remember what we talked about last week. Two things have to apply when you're trying to hear the voice of the Lord. There has to be confirmation and there has to be affirmation. The, The written word of God is the final authority on whether or not you're hearing the truth. Listen, I don't care how cool or how charismatic the messenger is. I don't care what he or she has meant to you in the past. If it, if it doesn't line up with the word of God right here, it, if it's not affirmed by scripture, then you can go ahead and just dismiss it because it's not from God. It, it's so, it, that's, that principle is so important that I want you to see what Paul said in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 8. Galatians 1 and 8. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, Paul's including himself in that, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of gospel, different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. And guess what? The one they preached is written right here in this book. That's a message for all the ages. The message has to be consistent with what God has already spoken and already inspired in his word, no matter who or what the messenger is. He says, so John, listen, what, what, what are you even talking about? I thought we were talking about hearing from God. It, it, we are talking about hearing from God. And that's the point. What if you refused to receive the gift of God's message because it was in a box you didn't like? What if you just didn't like the wrapping paper? What if you're not into bows? See, sometimes we can go to church or we can watch or listen to a message or, or, or however we consume spiritual content. And, and sometimes we do that and we're desperate to hear a word from God, but we fail to recognize the voice of the Lord that can speak through the human voice. Or sometimes we even fail to recognize the voice of of the angel in disguise, bringing a message from the throne because it didn't look like we thought it was going to look. I'm simply saying, if you've been in spiritual warfare, if, if you're weary, if you're tired, if you're looking in the mirror and you don't like what you see, if you're facing a decision, if you're in the midst of a crisis of any kind and you need a message from the Lord, then let the truth of the message be enough for you no matter what package it comes in. Because listen, God spoke to Moses from a burning bush. He spoke truth out of the mouth of a donkey. He spoke truth out of a wayward prophet for hire that would have said anything for the right price. Paul said there were preachers in his day who were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and they were doing it for money or they were doing it for spite. Paul said, I don't care because the gospel is still the truth even on the lips of a liar. So I'm just here to tell you this morning. If you want to learn to hear from God, don't underestimate the power of God to speak to you through the person you least expect. We need angels. We need 
messengers of God in our lives. You remember last week we talked about dreams and visions and we, we talked about the dream that Valerie had uh, that led us to fostering and led us to, uh, to adopt. Uh, here's the problem. Neither Valerie nor I understood the dream that she kept having. We didn't get We got it. We just didn't get it. Right? We didn't know what it meant until God sent a messenger to us to tell us what it meant. Right? You remember the story? You're like, John, you're telling me George Ann's an angel? <laughs> I don't think so. You can ask Jimmy for confirmation. He already assures me the answer is no. She is not an angel, but she was ours. She was our messenger, right? And without that message, our family would look completely different. The night Valerie and I received baptism in the Holy Spirit, which was March of 1992, because we're stinking old. Um, but March of 92, the person who preached at the service that night, I didn't like him, like, at all. Um, I'm not sure if I knew that he was the one preaching that night because it's very likely I wouldn't have showed up. Um, That was so strong was my dislike for this human, except for the fact that I was hungry, except for the fact that I was desperate for the move of God in my life, that I was willing to set aside my preferences and my opinions and my desires about how it should be and would be and could be. I was so desperate that I went to the service anyway, so desperate to be baptized in the Holy Spirit in that that stage in my life that I went to the service and I heard the word of God and I responded to the altar call and I submitted myself, listen, not to the personality or even to the integrity of the messenger, but to the message that God had for me that night. And I can tell you story after story, and you can too, situations just like that in our lives and in the lives of others. If we want the message of God, we've got to listen to the angel. We have to listen to the messenger that God sends it through, whether they're in sparkling white or in jeans and a t-shirt, we need angels. Now, here's the last one. And you really think I've lost my mind now. We can be angels. We can be angels. Now, please listen to this. Never, and by that I mean not ever, it's Greek for not ever, okay? Never in your, in your past have you ever been, nor in your future will you ever be an angel. Okay, y'all, is everybody okay? I know that goes against the cultural uh, understanding. Granny, God rest her soul, is not an angel. That's, everybody okay? <laughs> That's just not how things work. They are separate and distinct Beings created differently than us. There is nothing in the Bible that says one type of creation becomes a different kind of creation. That's some sort of spiritual evolution that's just not supported by Scripture. Okay? But there is some good news. We can be angels. How? 
Because when we hear and obey the Holy Spirit in our lives, we can be the messengers of God to other people. You say, John, calm down because I am no pastor. I am no kind of preacher. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. You may not be filling that office, but it's the call of every believer in Matthew 28 to go and preach the gospel to everyone. Paul calls us living epistles, all of us living letters. We are living, breathing testimonies of God's goodness and God's grace and God's good news. Our lives are preaching messages every day. And I promise you the people around you are listening. You see, I think people underestimate the ways that God wants to speak through them. I think they underestimate, I think we underestimate ourselves to be able to hear and to be able to be used of God in those ways. Here's an example. Have you ever had somebody cross your mind just kind of out of the blue, just somebody just pop into your mind out of the clear blue sky? Has that ever happened to anybody but me? So like, what, well, you know, what do you do with that? Like you're at the people pleaser buying beef jerky and a cherry Coke and out of the blue, there's somebody or there's this particular situation. Like what is that about? Is that a mental disorder? Is that ADD? Maybe. But the older I get, and maybe it could be some of all of the above, but the, uh, the older I get, the more I'm learning that those are God moments. They're God moments. I believe most of the time, those are, those are divine taps on the old noggin. God's trying to get our attention. A message from God is trying to penetrate our busy brains. So what do we do? Well, probably two things. First of all, when somebody crosses your mind, pray for them. Pray for them. You never know what somebody's going through in that moment. And if God trusts you with their name or their situation, then at least be trustworthy enough to stop and pray. And I mean like right there. Stop now because if you don't pray now, you'll forget it. Now, I'm not saying you lie, like, lie prostrate in the floor and the people pleaser. That crying out to God at the top of your room, that'll get you toted across the street. To the jail. But you should pray in that moment before you forget. And then the second thing you should do is call them or text them and tell them that you prayed for them. You're like, oh, now you're just meddling. No, I'm not. It's a double benefit. Let them know you prayed. Here's the double benefit. They get the effect of whatever it was you just prayed and, and blessed over their lives plus the added benefit of them knowing that somebody cares and that somebody's praying for them. And listen, if the Lord lays something on your heart about that situation or about them in particular, gives you just a verse or some word of encouragement, then tell them, don't hold on to that thing for dear life. That might be the very thing they need to hear in that moment. That might be the message of God for them. You might be an angel for them, so to speak. People all over the world are crying out to hear from God, to send them a message. So be the angel 
you wish God would send to you. Be the angel you wish God would send to you. After last week's message, I had somebody stop me and said um, that they're they're learning to listen to God when he speaks. And we're going to talk more about it next week. But And I, meant, I was intending to share this next week, but I really felt like this is the time. So this guy said, pulled up in the gas station, and there's this lady sitting in her car at the pumps, and she's just kind of leaned over on the steering wheel, and her window was cracked just a little bit. And he said, I just felt like I should give her some money. He said, I had some cash. I just felt like I should do it. He said, but I didn't want to make like a big scene or anything. So he said, I got the cash, and I shoved it in the, in the crack and just left. So just popped it in and, and took off. And, and she noticed, obviously, when people throw things in your car window, you, you notice. So she picked it up, found out what it was. And I don't, I, don't know, I don't remember the details, whether she got out and went after him or called him back. Anyway, they started talking. And she was like, what in the world? Why did you throw money in my car? And he was like, I don't know. I just felt like I should do it. I just felt like God wanted me to do it. And I, he, just, he wants you to know that he loves you and I love you. And that was it. Now, is that the deepest theological sermon you've ever heard in your life? No. But you know what that woman said? She said, I was leaned over the steering wheel of my car, praying that God would show up, that God would send somebody to me because I needed help. And then here you come. Listen, I know it's scary. If, you're, if you don't do that kind of thing, it's intimidating, it's weird, you feel like you got to say something. Listen, there have been more than one time standing on this platform in this church and other churches over 30 years that I thought I was going to throw up to have to say what, what God had put in my heart. But I knew if I didn't, I just wasn't going to be able to live with myself. I know it's terrifying to do that kind of thing. But why would God dispatch Gabriel to the QT when he's already got a messenger standing right there. We get so hung up on the supernatural when sometimes God wants us to be the natural to his super. It's scary. And it feels like it's just for the super spiritual people. But it's not. It's for every child of God. What does he say we're supposed to do in Ephesians? We're supposed to build each other up. We're supposed to encourage the other parts of the body. Nothing is more encouraging to somebody than hearing that somebody cares and that God has sent them a message for you. So listen, you're like, what in the world does that even mean? Does God like speak? Is it audible? Is it an email? Like, does he write it on the dashboard? Like, what does that even feel like? It's just an impression. It's just, you just feel something. You just know something. You just know. So the other day, a friend of mine sent me a link to a, a message uh, that somebody, that another preacher, and he said, I don't know why. I was listening to this, and I just felt like I should send it to you. That was it. There was no, thus saith the Lord, arise and shake thyself and go unto thy YouTube app. And there was none of that. It was just, it was just hey, I'm a friend. Here's a link. Listen, I felt like God wanted me to share it. Don't know why. You figure it out with him. But here it is. And listen, it, it was just an impression that he loved me, he loved God enough to do what he felt like he was supposed to do. And if it wasn't the Lord, the worst thing I did was spend an hour listening to a preacher that I'd never listened to before. It was good. 
So listen, if God tells you something, you don't have to get all King James about it. You, you can just tell him, I just feel like I should share this. I just felt impressed to say this. And then just tell him whatever it was. We'll say, well, what happens then? Well, I don't know. But then you've, you, they have the responsibility of confirmation and affirmation. They have to make sure that what you say not some sort of crazy mess, right? And you should probably do that before you say it. Make sure it doesn't contradict the word of God. But then they're the ones who have to confirm that it, that, and receive it based on what God's saying and doing in their lives in that moment. But your job is the obedience part. Then it's on them to figure out how it applies. So listen, angels, angels, messengers from God. Sometimes powerful spirit beings who break chains and roll away stones. Sometimes in disguise as lowly human beings. And sometimes people just like you and me. So let's don't deprive each other. Let's don't, let's don't fall into this false humility. Oh, God could never use me to do that. Yeah, he can. God can do anything with nothing. Let's don't deprive each other of the message that God wants to communicate to his kids. You don't have to be an angel to be used of God. And it doesn't have to be an angel to carry the message. Do you hear what I hear? The voice of God is speaking to people. And I hear the voices of his messengers all over the world just like you and me, carrying his message to the four corners of the world. Let's open our ears and open our mouths to carry the message. Would you stand with me today, please? Now, John, what's the altar call for this? Like, what's the next step? What are we supposed to do with this? This has been kind of weird, John, to be honest with you. Like, what am I supposed to do with that? It's just what I said. Ears, mouths. Ears and mouths. If you need a word from the Lord, you need God to show up in your life to speak to you and open your ears. Maybe close your eyes and open your ears so that you can hear what he's saying without getting all mixed up in what it looks like. You'd be surprised in the ways that he shares. And then the second thing is if, you, if you're really serious about being a, a follower of Jesus, really serious about the kingdom work, which is what he's called us all to do, then open your mouth to. Listen to what he says. Pay attention to those spiritual knocks on your heart's door. And then do what he tells you to do. And listen, be patient enough with yourself because it takes time to tune your voice to exactly the Father's voice, to tune your ear to the Father's voice. Sometimes you're going to get it wrong. But what happens if I tell Randy, hey, I just wanted to tell you God loves you, and that wasn't the message that God had for me to tell him? You think Randy's going to be mad because God loves him? No. I'll, I'll, tune the, I'll get the tuner fixed in just right. But until then, give yourself some grace and just learn how to hear and share the voice of the Lord, the message that he has for others. So we're going to pray. 
And while I'm praying, if you'd like to come to the altar to pray about this or anything else, you are welcome to come. If you would like me to pray with you, just come and stand. If you would like to pray by yourself, come and kneel and nobody will, nobody will bother you, okay? But we're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you that there are angels everywhere. Thank you, Lord, that you love us enough to send us your word uh, through people sometimes that we don't expect to hear from. Sometimes in, in ways that we may have different preferences for. But God, I pray that you help us to love your word enough to listen when you speak. And God, I pray that you would help us to also, and it's not an either or proposition, we may be in a season in our lives where we need to hear a word from you, but God, you may also be wanting to use us to speak a word in somebody else's life. So I pray that you'd help us to be sensitive to your spirit, to hear, to, to, to know your voice. Lord, your, your word says that you're the good shepherd. And that your sheep know your voice and won't follow anybody else. Lord, help us to get our ears tuned to your voice so that we know when it's you and we know when it's not. And give us the courage to step out and share what you laid on our hearts. God, that we can build community of faith, that a body of Christ that's strong and healthy and encouraging to one another. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.